Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin. Hey, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sanity Check. My name is Seth. And I'm Camille. And we're here to help you stay sane and, and keep you from going crazy. Oh, my goodness. There's so much crazy stuff going on out there. How are you feeling, Camille? Um, I'm good. I actually um, napped a lot this this week. <laughs> More than, off, I mean, you know, normal. Um, and it was actually really, really good. I think I needed it. So I am refreshed and ready to go. Yes. So how about yourself? Uh, you know what? I'm... I'm going to go into it one minute. I want to say good morning, everybody. Y'all tune in, tune in. What's going on, King? What's going on, Matthew? And, and everyone that's, uh, th- if this is your first time checking us out, make sure you comment, but you have to, have to, have to go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook, okay? Make sure you do that. So, my days, my week, oh, my goodness. Oh, going through this whole retirement thing and doing the physical and just yesterday um i heard a song and it was quite disturbing to me and and being a dj and a father it's like i'm torn because i hear great music and great beats but then i listen to the content too getting older right now you care about what you're listening to and i'm hearing the words so and this is for you, too, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you too, Camille. Have you heard of the song uh, W.A.P.? By... No, but I've seen a lot of references here. Yeah, lately. so it's by um, Cardi B and uh, what's her name? Megan Thee Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it is, it, you know what? I saw a post today that said it made me want to put holy water down my ears. It was like that. It It's for real. Now, don't get me wrong. We had our little Kims. We had our, um, you know, what's it, Trina's and everybody. Trina's yeah, and yeah. Yeah. But boy, boy. So if I'm rolling and I got my daughter in the back seat, it's uh, no new. It is not good. But good morning, everybody. How you doing? James, how you doing? How you doing, moms? How's everybody? How you doing? How you doing? So we're talking about what? does love look like love love and it's so many different ways that we express love and which is good but we have to find a way to let individuals know how how we like to be loved and it's it's hard to communicate if you don't know how you like to be loved. And sometimes from the outside looking in, you'll see someone jumping from one person to one person to one person. They may be looking, you know, for the right one, but there still comes a time when there's something that you're doing continuously that's bringing that same type of person or energy. Camille, what you think about that? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Looking for love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it is so true. Um, we struggle, I think, a lot for, you know, trying to find what love is for us. Mm-hmm. You know, not what love is for someone else, but love 
what love is for us. We see images of people who seemingly are in love or family units that are intact, that are filled with love. Um, but until you experience that, it's hard to really understand the dynamics of that. And then sometimes when you do experience, you go, oh, is this what it feels like? Or uh, that's not what I was expecting or, you know, all those things. So we go in search of what love looks like for us. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do agree with that. And then there's so many facets of love. Like today, we'll be talking about a specific type. But um, there are so many facets of love and we have to be able to be um, open and uh, flexible and adaptable and sometimes we have to make sacrifices uh love sacrifices and we also um have to really kind of put ourselves aside if you understand what i mean absolutely no really I, yeah understand and find what love looks like for us absolutely absolutely and ladies and gentlemen we we, we may uh, reference the five love languages um throughout this time so i want to let you know ahead of time what they are. The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, uh, gift giving, and acts of service, and physical touch. So those are ways individuals can express love. Along with that, it's very important for you to know how you receive love and that you are able to connect the dots with that person because people may try to love you the way that they love. You know, it's almost like the, the old saying, treat people the way that, you know, they want to be treated or the way you want to be treated. No, treat people don't, the way don't. they want to be treated. Love people the way they want to be loved. That's the deal. That's what you, the what you think about that? Yeah, platinum, <laughs> double platinum. Yes, that's called the platinum rule. Mm -hmm. The other one was called the golden rule. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And the platinum rule is treat others the way that they want to be treated. Yes. Um, except when it's harmful. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people, just, you know, they're they're so used to abuse and craziness that that's how they and you're like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And then Nobody's ended up in jail. It not just is a harmful. Then after that, now, now you're being now you're being messy. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if somebody treats you that that whole I for and I ain't a rule. That's just out of line. OK, somebody yeah, line. treats you a certain way. You know what? They want to treat me that way. I'm going to treat them that. But that's not your character. So why would you do that? That means you're being messy. No. Don't be messy. Ladies and gentlemen, want to say good morning to everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, how you doing, Miss Lily Wilson? How's everybody? Um, so, yeah, so we're talking about, we're talking yeah. about love. Absolutely. What they always teach us. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh, say that again. My, so I think the connection kind of went out for a second. It, it did freeze a little bit, but I was saying good morning to Lily, too, and everyone else, Silas, out there, and Matthew and King. But I was saying um, that she said she wants all of them, you know, oh. and I was saying <laughs> sometimes you have a little bit of everything. You like all of those things, but, we, you know, we do. if you can receive all of those, then that's great. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, oftentimes we can't receive 
what we don't, you know, that's not our primary love language. So it's hard for us to receive that love when somebody's given this. But if Lily is, you know, all she can accept it all that way, then by all means, you're, you're a blessed woman. <laughs> right, <laughs> blessed right, woman. right. So. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, at any given time, if you feel uh, inclined to call, the number is below. It's 618-792-6747. And you can give us a ring. So, when it comes down to how to love individuals, it's a small thing. So it's the small things. What about just paying attention to a person? You can always pay attention to a uh, to a person and give them. And you know what I'm really big on? Eye contact. I did not realize it until, you know, I got to a certain age. And I'm like, hold on. I really don't like when people talking to me the other way and I'm in front of him like hold on so you don't believe what you're saying right now why you can't look right. me in my face type of thing what, what do you what do you think about that Camille I, ha I had an individual I'm the same way I love eye contact like mm -hmm. I, I don't know it's something about connecting there's a deeper connection when you have an eye contact yes. and so I had an individual that um I used to work with and it was like you know she couldn't look me in my face and I, it was always like all over the place and so I found myself like you know, trying to chase her. Right. Looking for what she looking for. Right. Right. I was sometimes she'd be like, oh, did I miss something? Mm -hmm. You know, but I had to um, understand just because I like contact. Not everybody is comfortable with eye contact. Right. And so I just started saying, OK, that's just who she is. And I just, you know, I would just look at her and where all the stuff was all over the place or whatever. And then I just bring it back to you know, what the point was right then. So right. I would say something that brought it back um, so that at least I can see for a moment and for a second, we can have that connection. But right. yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, eye contact is a thing for me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what she say, I wish these kinds of conversations were around decades ago. It, you know what? You're right. And it's never too late. It isn't. It's never too late. But you know, it, we, we have to be able to we have to be able to have those conversations and know that we can learn more than what we think we know. Yes. That's all, right? Because we have different technology. We have uh, people searching and researching different things at different times. So that means that we can expand our knowledge, right? But we can't discredit things just because we don't, you know, because we aren't used to it. You know, maybe you can try a little something different. Now, excuse my French, don't turn to a all the way big freak. You know, if you're not a freak, don't be a freak. You know what I'm saying? Because then you go do the freaky wrong. You see, right. if it ain't you, don't do it. I can't stand you, Seth. But am I lying? I ain't lying. No, Listen, no. Look, look, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know what you're doing, don't try it. You feel me? Or do some research first. See if you can do it right. You you might mess up somebody's baby head. Steps, baby steps. Baby steps. That, but baby steps. Yeah. You, know? you don't go around <laughs> saying you about to get it in and you don't know what in is. Okay. Oh, I cannot with you this morning. I ain't lying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but no, I know a lot of people say, you know, when I go and teach classes, they're like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And um, you can you just have to find what motivates them. Absolutely. So um, I'm pretty good at doing that. You can't use the same techniques um, for a person who's been there, done that. You have to bring something new and exciting that captures their attention or that piques their interest. 
and then you will get them to move. If an old dog, you know, you're doing the same stuff, giving them the same old treats for 20 years, and then he's like, you know what, I'm tired of that, but you come with some fresh new meat or whatever, I guarantee, you know, if he's hungry enough, then he can do a new trick for hey, that. Hey, didn't you, know you just I mean? say a word? Didn't you just so. say a word? And that's what people got a problem with. Say, well, you know, I'm tired of these type of people, tired of these type of people. Well, you know what? Are you tired of doing the same thing that's attracting those type of people? Right, exactly. Come on now. Exactly. You might be the exactly. old dog. <laughs> you know, you know, no. sometimes you got to level up, right? You got to level up and you got to change the circles mm-hmm. and you got to get around people that are talking about uh, different things at yes. a higher level, you know, mm-hmm. where you aspire to be. Absolutely. Um, so you have to level up sometimes. Sometimes you got to change your circle. What did he say yesterday? You got to change your circle or you got to change your circle. That's you know, right. One of Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just, it's finding what motivates people will get them to move differently. Yeah. So enough about that, but yeah. 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 But no, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so in the future, in the future, um, and just letting the cat out the back, just a, a teeny weeny bit, I'm working on a project that will help in those aspects because you said something that made sense. Individuals tend to, take an old way of thinking and bringing it to a new relationship or a new situation and expecting it to work. But we're all different based off of where we come from and our experiences. So there will be more information later down the line for that. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that. Now, while we're getting to the meat and potatoes, Getting to the meat and potatoes, everything. We want to say good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. If you have a comment, please post them below. And if you are new to uh, the StreamYard, make sure you go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook. If you're watching this on Facebook, boom, just so you can leave a comment and we can post it. And if you're on YouTube, it's all good. You know, there's no restrictions there. And if you have a comment that you want to call in and everything, the number is down below. And it's 618-792-6747. Right on, right Right on. on. All right. And King says, life is an educational institution, right? And people you meet are new at what are new classes you have to take. So study the class to pass. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a that's a great analogy. You're absolutely right. It's a great analogy. All right, so Camille, let's let's dive into it. We we had a discussion last week, and 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 now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be the student because there's something that I would like to. Uh, it, I was intrigued. I was intrigued by this conversation. So, Camille, go ahead. I'm gonna let you 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 drive this. All right. So yesterday, Seth and I, I mean, not yesterday, last week, Seth and I were talking after the show and um, as we often do, and we were talking about our kids and parenting. And last week, some of you may have seen on my um, my Facebook feed, I put up a video that I had wrote a couple or did a couple of years ago about um, my co-parenting with my daughter's father's wife, Tiffany, and my ex-husband, T. Well, we call him T. His name is Brunel or B for those who know him. And so um, I have been truly blessed. And I I don't say that lightly, but I have been truly blessed to be able to cultivate relationships um, with them so that my kids, my kids, you know, don't miss out or that, you know, they don't 
didn't have that separation or, you know, that we just had a good relationship. So basically what happened um, in the short for my oldest daughter, unfortunately, it didn't work. It wasn't because I didn't try, but sometimes, and I'll say this, um, co-parenting, healthy co-parenting can happen. It just takes a lot of work. It takes commitment. It takes uh, maturity. It takes um, putting yourself aside and all those feelings of whatever went on um, and coming together for the kids. All right. Let me say that first. And the second thing is, I understand that there are certain situations where it won't work for everyone. If there's a, you know, concern of harm or abuse or neglect or anything like that, or sometimes people just aren't at that at that uh, level yet, um, it may not work now, but it doesn't mean you give up. In the case of my oldest daughter, um, her father had abandoned her. Well, prior to, um, I'm just a no drama person. You know, it's about my kids for me. <clears throat> And I understand the need for um, them to be in contact with their father. So for years, it was no drama, no nothing. I even got a card in the mail that said um, for Mother's Day one, one year. And it said, thank you for being a no drama baby mama. All right. And so I thought that, you know, things would be good. However, um, he connected with I'm someone just a no drama believer and you know it's about my like that. And that if you have a new family, then you abandon your old family. I don't get that, but you know, whatever. And so that was the route he chose. So for my oldest daughter, it didn't work. However, comma. My youngest daughter, um, her father and I, you know, long story didn't work out. And there was some a lot of animosity. So um in the beginning, like I didn't want it to get in the way of my parenting with him, but I was hurt. I was hurt. I felt um, betrayed. I felt a lot of different emotions. And right. so, and so I, it was very, very hard in the beginning. And when I had her, I felt like he was making unreasonable demands, such as, you know, if you have her for three months right out of the womb, then I should have her the next three months and so on and so forth. And I'm like, hey, I'm still breastfeeding. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't even make sense. And so, um, I remember us having some really, really hard conversations. And I remember some of the thoughts that I had at the time. And I also um, have since talked to a lot of my friends who are single parents and that have conflict with the other parent. So long story short, um, when my daughter was about two and a half years old, we moved back to the States. At that time, her father had um, developed Lou Gehrig's disease and um, or ALS. Um, and he had moved back, retired from the Air Force because he was still in the Air Force and stationed in Guam and um, subsequently got married. And so I had never met, you know, the other person. I knew who she was. Um, and so there was some, you know, feelings about it then because everything wasn't on the up and up, not with her, but in, in terms of communication with he and I. So I was like, okay, whatever. And at this point I was, um, you know, I was dating someone long-term before I actually got married. And so uh, he came and um, we all came together. He saw her, spent some days with her. You know, she had a great time with her father. And I will say when I was overseas, he would come from Guam to Kadena or Okinawa, Japan. I knew who her father was. So um, we all moved back to the States. I moved to North Carolina, he moved to South Carolina and he had gotten married. And so one time I took my daughter, or he came to get my daughter and he was like, you know, I'm gonna take her. And I'm like, okay, fine. And 
when she came back after a weekend, she was like, yeah, my mom said this and my mom. And I'm like, hold up. Like, you ain't got but one mama. Like, who are you calling mama? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, she was like, well, uh, you know, I'm like, so I, you know, everything in me rose up because I was like, I've been raising this baby by myself. You know, she spends two days with another woman and now she's mama. Uh-uh, ain't gonna happen, right? So that's how I felt because of all of the hurt and all of the things that I went through. Um, and then that conditioning that this is how it's supposed to be. Um if we look, it's very few times that we actually see co-parenting, healthy co-parenting. So it just wasn't supposed to be like that. Ain't nobody else calling my baby and calling nobody else mom. I'm the only one that provides over here. You know, I'm struggling to get this and this and that. So anyway, I called her and I said, hey, you know, my daughter called you mom. Like, um, not okay with that. And uh, did you tell her to call you mom? She said, no, I didn't call, tell her to call her me mom she said however I'm not going to um stop her from calling me mom if that's what she wants to call me and I was like um I think that's a conversation you and I should have had before you know and so long story short she says well I'm not going to make her feel any type of way you know and I had to take a step back and I had to say okay Camille why am I feeling this way one I was still you know hurt and upset about how things happened between us um, I still felt like, um, you know, a sense of, of betrayal, so to speak. And again, not against her. And so then I said, okay, well, why am I so mad about a woman that ain't did nothing to me? You know, and I, so I had to take those step backs and I, and I had the conversation with my daughter and I said, Julia, you just met her. Why would you call her mother? Why would you call her that? Like, I'm the only, she said, well, because I do, I love her. And I said, you just met her. Why do you love her so much? She was like, because she's so nice to me. She's just nice and I love her. And so it was eye-opening for me. And I was like, here I am putting limits on my children's love. And if someone treated her so well that she wanted to or felt, you know, that connection like she was a mother figure, then um, why was I so, uh, did I have so much uh, animosity towards that? And so I had to look within and I said, okay, well, here are the ideals that I, I, I've seen, you know, what I've been through already and everything like that, but it doesn't fit this situation. And so I had to change um, for the sake of us all. And I'm so glad um, that it happened because um, I get emotional. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I do. I get emotional because she came in and when I tell you she did, you know, dealing with my daughter's father who was, um, you know, he, he was terminally ill and I was overseas and for her to take in my daughter and to care for her the way that she did while also trying to care for her father in the best way. And I mean, advocate for, you know, ALS and things like that. I could not have asked for a better co-parent. He couldn't do it, but she stepped in and she did it. And to watch her the way that she took care of him and took care of my daughter was amazing to me. It was amazing. And then not only that, but uh, there was no separation between my youngest and my oldest daughter. They would spend summers together. They went on vacation together. Um, it was one family unit. They weren't going to separate the girls. And so I was extremely blessed to have that relationship because where one father abandoned her, the other one 
welcomed her with open arms, you know? And so um, we did half years back and forth because we thought that it was better, you know, for her to spend as much time as, as possible. And she never complained. When, you know, I would buy the ticket, she would send uh, back in the, the suitcase half the money for the plane tickets. You know, she didn't have to do those types of things. Anytime my daughters were there, I didn't have to worry about anything. She took care of everything. And it, yeah, so it got to the point where our families meshed. And so we were able to, you know, my mom's family and my dad and everything knows her parents. And we would meet up and do fairs and, you know, go out to eat. And when I got married, my ex-husband, we did vacations and everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. And I'm so blessed to be able to have done that and put myself aside um, no matter how I was feeling and realized it wasn't her, you know, and just because he and I broke up didn't mean that he wasn't a good parent or that she couldn't be a good parent. And so there were so many things, like I said, that went through my mind. But in the end, I'm very, very grateful that I took that step back and I had that conversation with my daughter. And um, I realized that she wasn't trying to replace, you know, me or anything like that. It was a choice that my kid made and that she was so invested in my daughter mm -hmm. that it was nothing that she wouldn't do for her. Yeah. And so we laugh because when we're together, my daughter would be like, mom, and we're like, which mom? So, you know, both of us are like, huh? Mm -hmm. And then she would be like, oh, my other mom. So whoever she was staying with at the time, that was mom. And then the other mom was the one who came to visit. Yeah. And <laughs> so you know what? That's and, and, and I love that. And thank you for mm -hmm. sharing. You, you know, um, there's a lot of different um, elements um, that, in that that's that's so powerful there's levels of uh, maturity right there's levels of self-reflection and uh there's just levels of love and understanding a priority who's the most important in this situation my daughter and to your uh to your statement that was extremely powerful you said that you know she was not taking anything away from her in actuality she was actually giving more so now your daughter is receiving all of this love pouring pouring in in unconditional love versus the type of love that's only well conditional essentially right saying hey i'm only i'm only going to love you when you're at my house but when you're not then i don't know nothing about you and i don't care anything about you but no kudos kudos to you Kudos to you for that. Monique says, wow, that's awesome. And that's not normally, yeah, a community should be. And, and you know, that's what, like Lily said, it takes a village. But we don't have that 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 mindset. Mentality. You know, we don't have that mentality anymore. And But just think how great it could be. Okay? Let, let's see. Let, let's think about how great it could be to say, you know what? I know that relationship wise, we're not where we need to be. And I mean, we grow apart. We grew apart. It's OK. But in a mix of that, we have a child, you yes. know. So now let's look and see, like we said earlier, what's most important. So it, it takes it, it takes that level of maturity and some individuals. And you know what? You didn't have to um, have that. Uh, epiphany of, you know what, let me check inside and see what's going on. Some individuals walking around, like I always say, stuck on stupid because they're hurt. 
right? They're extremely hurt. They're embarrassed. They're shamed. They feel like they're missing out. They don't want anybody to have this or have that. That's my baby. Da da da. I don't want nobody. You don't come. You know what? I was like that at first. I was like that at first. So when my son called his stepfather dad, I'm like, Dad, what? Who? <laughs> Yo, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I had to realize, right, like it says, pride, right? Pride is, is an issue. Yeah. But but it, it, it catch you off guard. Like, hold on. Now, I did the work and doing the work. Now, because I'm not physically there does not mean I'm not there. there you don't got no other dad or father, yeah. but, you know, Holy Ghost or, you know, if, if you want to call it God the Father, okay, but. If that's your number one, I'm number two. You dig it? You know, but I had that type of issue, you see, and I had to work through that. I really had to work through that and then understand that my son is growing no matter what. I will always be there. And even if I pass on, I will always be there inside of him. You see what I'm saying? So, yes, it does take a, a very, very hard uh, boy. It, whew, that's some maturity right there. And, I, and I'll say this, too, because I was not that mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I admit that, that it took someone, her, it took her saying, look, I'm not trying to replace you. I didn't tell her to call me mom, but, you know, she was bold enough to say, but I'm not going to stop her. You know what I mean? See? If that's how she feels, because I don't want to place a barrier yes. between us and be like, oh, no, you know, I'm not your mom. I'm not, you know. And so I'm I'm grateful because it took that for me to go, hmm. Okay, we don't see images or examples of healthy co-parenting. That's right. That right. It's almost like it's taboo, you know? Right. right. And it it really doesn't have to be. And and so I was not at the at the moment, like I said, I was dealing with all those feelings, you know, you know, my baby was still kind of new and you know, all these things. Yeah. So I was I was still very emotionally charged about the the breakup of the relationship. Um, even though I was, you know, with somebody else, it wasn't like I was in love with him. I was just mad at him. Mm-hmm. I was mad. I was mad at how things unfolded. I was mad at, you know, all the little things that were going on or whatever the case may be. Again, and, and I keep saying this, it was not her. You know, so, um, but I was mad. And so I'm like, no, you know what I mean? You're not about to do this. You're not about to do that. Ain't no other woman raising my kid. You know, all this nonsense, because that's what I knew. Yeah. And and I look at what Monique says. She says, I've heard men ask the other parent, why do you got that man around my children? And I've heard it the other way, too, with females. You know what I'm saying? It that right there is pride and hurt, you know? And let me say this. I was going to say there are so many things that I've heard, you know, and I have wrote down some of the things that I can remember um, hearing from some of my friends and stuff. And it's, oh, he or she doesn't know my child or he or she ain't going to have no one else around my kid. He or she ain't going to take my kid to so-and-so's house. He or she better not have a uh, put a hand on my kid. Yeah, better not with uh, my baby. Here, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't know him or her like that, but you had a baby with them, you know, or, um, you know, that person got all them other kids and all this kind of stuff. So there's all these excuses that we use. But truth be told, how does that person, the other parent, know how good of a parent you are? See, You know what I mean? Like they're trusting you with their kid as well. And mm-hmm. I think we lose sight of that, that both of you are parents. Mm-hmm. That child belongs to both of you, whether you have uh 
custody, like sole custody or primary custody or not, that is still both of your children. So while you, you know, oh, well, he ain't going to tell me who I got coming in my house or who I can date and all that, it goes this, the other way as well. Absolutely. And you have to trust that, you you know, your first kid, you weren't an expert on raising kids. Right. Nobody was. Mm-hmm. And, and especially not that kid because they had that kid before. So you have to give the other parent a chance to grow and learn how to parent, you know, and the same way that you did by trial and error. I'm sure if that other parent was a, a fly on the wall, there was some stuff that you did, like when my baby rolled off that bed and hit the floor and rolled under the bed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that that person wouldn't approve of. Right. You know what I mean? But that's part of parenting. It's learning. But you have to have the opportunity for them to learn. Mm-hmm. You have to give them the opportunity to learn. Um, you have to make the child available to the other child, I mean, to the other parent, so that the parent gets to know them Mm -hmm. and they can understand their personality and what they like and what they don't like. You have to, you know, just like I said, that person has to trust that whoever you bring into your life is good for your child. You also have to trust that they'll make the best decisions too. Again, like I said, except if there's a known case of hurt harm, which usually is not the case, Mm -hmm. it's just the anger and the animosity um, creates these excuses as to why you want to. And it's about control. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing. Yes, it is another thing, especially when you are the custodial parent. When you're the custodial parent, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And and, and, you say how, you know? And the thing is, is that it it creates and just speaking on my personal experience it's going to create a um a conversation that we have to backtrack you get what i'm saying to backtrack to find out what was the missing link so here i am in my 40s now and i guess i started in like maybe mid 30s but trying to con- uh, connect the dots between my mother and my father. So I had to take the story that my mother always taught uh, told me about my father. And then finally, 20 odd years later, hearing it from my father's side. You, you get what I'm saying? And from my father's perspective. Now, when I'm in my home being raised by my mother, all I know is what she's saying. That's gospel, exactly. you see. But now growing up as a man and having my own experiences, now I can see the other side and put myself in a situation like, damn, I would have did the same thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Straight yeah. up. And, and and people forget that. People forget that. Like, yo, you know, what would you do in this situation? And I had to be completely honest. My mother was not perfect. No one is perfect. You know, everyone has their um their 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 issues, their buttons that's pushed, you know, and it's unfortunate that um stepfathers or stepmothers, they're there for a reason. And it's not everyone does not just want to abandon their kids. Not everyone want to do that. However, there's sometimes an individual say, listen, I cannot go crazy dealing with this fool, male or female. You see what I'm saying? For example, what if you're in an, in an uh, abusive relationship, right? You're in an abusive relationship. And because you and your, uh, your, your spouse at the time have a child, you're going to stay there. And then, your child is going to see you in that abusive relationship, right? Things happen. 
So we have to be cognizant of that, right? But it's a difference between abandonment and just, hey, I need to live my life or I'm going to get killed, right. you know, or go half crazy in the process. What you think? And Lily, I'm going to bring you to a couple of these uh, comments. Lily has said, you know, not everybody chooses good people to be in their life. Mm-hmm. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you don't want nobody telling you who to bring into your life. And I'm sure they just don't go out looking for bad people. You know, Mm -hmm. stuff unfolds over time and everything like that. But you have to trust the other parent. Like I said, unless you there's known instances of abuse, harm, things like that. Absolutely. You have to trust that they're going to do the best they can for their kids. Just like they have to trust that you're doing the best Mm -hmm. that you can for your kids. Mm -hmm. And so you can't control who another person brings into your house. You can pray for them and be like, you know, Lord, please let them choose somebody good for my kid. And then you have those conversations with the children to make sure that they're being um, treated with respect and treated with, with love and, you know, all those types of things. And just because there's animosity in the relationship doesn't mean that their children are being abused. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, um, a uh, uh, a image that they see, but again, and I'll just say to like my my ex husband, um, he's not the biological father of my children. A lot of people don't don't know that, and mm-hmm. it's funny because my youngest daughter looks like his biological son. Oh, wow. They look so like, and then my her stepmother looks just like her. So people didn't know who which one of us was the mother because wow. we both look so much alike. Wow. Anyway, I said all that to say I'll never forget. Um, it was my daughter's oldest daughter's um. Uh, graduation, I think Tiffany and Red had come down and he was already traked and everything like that. And he was, you know, declining. And um, they had this van, you know, Toyota van that was specially made. So my ex-husband went into the car. We were all in there, you know, talking and they were about to leave and everything like that. And so they had this moment and it's one of those that, you know, is ingrained in my mind forever, where it was that eye contact, he couldn't talk or anything like that. And he looked at him and this tear just rolled down his eye. Mm-hmm. He said, my ex-husband said, I promise you, I got her. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got her. I will take care of her. That is my daughter. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm getting emotional again. Um, you don't have to worry about anything. And we were, t- we were still married at the time. And so, you know, it was like that he couldn't move or anything, but the tears. And I was like, there was a understanding between them see you know that there you go and you know what there's situations there's situations out there when um some parts of the party don't want that connection right you see what i'm saying they don't want that connection mm-hmm. because of what it could enable you see mm-hmm. what i'm saying it could enable more understanding and it might show you you're ugly you know, exactly. your inside, it might show you, your, like, what are you, watch this, what are you preventing? You see what yes. I'm saying? What are you preventing and what are you enabling at the same yes. time? You know what I mean? Just by keeping certain parties away. But it's unfortunate mm-hmm. sometimes that it take a catastrophic situation to bring right. everyone together. I think that because, like, it wasn't, he was diagnosed um but we had already kind of started establishing a relationship right. because of Tiffany. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was it was her that was the catalyst for all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what, to your point that you said, and I'm laughing because, you know, oftentimes let me tell you what happened. All right. So we didn't bad mouth this person to everybody. I didn't do that. But I'm just saying we didn't bad mouth. Yes, this you person. did. Yes, you did. You know, you I did. did. I didn't. I did. You was acting out of line. When you got in your feelings, you got some wine and you just went crazy. Start telling like it. Like I said, it was never it was never her. It was him. Yeah, see. 
So, um, you know, I didn't, but I'm like, you know, in that moment and my mom was on here, she'll probably tell, I was like, uh, who is she calling mama? Like mm-hmm. I had a, I had a real, that hurt me, you know? And so, but truth be told, you know, sometimes we didn't bad mouth the other person so much that we don't want to have to face them because they might make a liar out of us. Exactly. You know? <laughs> we got to go back and tell all those people that we did bad now right. before we even knew the person that, oh, they're not so bad after all, you know? And some people, like you said, that pride, um, they don't want, they would rather keep the wedge there yeah. than make amends and say, I was wrong. You know what I mean? I was wrong and forgive me. And I said some things about you because that's just how I felt. I was angry. I was bitter. I was, you know, whatever. And I'm sorry. And it keeps the kids from having healthy relationships with their other parent and then family. And I say this, in my case, I I keep saying I'm so blessed because I, I am. But not only does both of my kids have, you know, my oldest daughter doesn't have her father's side. However, she has my ex-husband side of the family who is still her family. Her brother is her brother, her niece, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles. She has red side of the family who invites us to all of the family, you know, functions and everything like that. She has Tiffany side of the family, Tiffany's nephew. We just call him nephew, you know. Tiffany's nephew and his girlfriend came down to my daughter's house in Kennesaw and spent the time with her last week, you know. And then she has my side of the family. And so there's so much more family. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids are loved by a million people. See? Tiffany's, you know, Red passed away three and a half, three years and some a couple of months ago. But, you know, for Christmas and birthday, you know, my daughter got electric guitar. She calls and makes sure she's okay. The grandparents call. And so they are surrounded by people who love them mm-hmm. um, in a way that I, I can't even, you know, what would it look like if it was just me and my kids? You know what I mean? And that we can go to everybody's house and they call me daughter and sister and auntie and everything. So I have so many more nieces and nephews and, you know, family members that truly just love us, you, you know, know, because we didn't get in the way of that one. There you go. And, one and relationship. I love I love that. I love that. And, and, the, and this is speaking to the audience right now. Ask yourself, mm-hmm. ask yourself, what are you preventing or the type of relationship? Okay. The type yes. of relationship. Are you creating that environment to be loved? We talked yeah. about it a little bit last week, and but we can bring it back around today. You have to be lovable. Yes. Right. You have to be lovable and understand what it takes to love yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. Because if and, and just think about how great that can be, you can go to, let's say, tens of homes and you feel like family. All right. You are welcomed. You're loved. You're not judged. Yeah. You're, you're you know, you're like, hey, this is who I am. And I appreciate you for who you are because you appreciate me for who I am, where I am. And that's another thing, too. What we don't do or what we struggle to do, certain individuals, and I'm guilty of that, too, at times and have to learn that we have to love people where they are, not where we want them to be. That Watch this. That ain't your business. For real, check it out. Back to control. Yeah, right? see, it ain't your business that somebody ain't doing what they need to do in life, so you ain't gonna love them right. Who you think you listen? You know you got problems. I know you got problems because I got problems. Ah, 
So with that being said, how you how are you going to prevent, you know, giving someone the love that you have inside that real talk wasn't meant for you to die with? The love that you have inside of you is not meant for you to die with. So what are you doing? Exactly. I think uh, Matthew said in the beginning, he was like, you know, love uh, cannot be conditional. Yes. You know, and again, I, I keep going back to I know that this doesn't work for everybody, but it doesn't work for a lot of people because they don't try it. Um, they don't they don't even think that it's fathomable. And so they automatically, oh, that ain't going to work for me. Well, did you ever have a conversation? Have you ever talked about how your kids feel? You know, talk to your kids about what they want. And are you willing to um, show them that you can love a person still um, or be friends with them, even though the relationship has soured? You know, and so like my ex-husband, when we got divorced too, um, it was, you know, I was so hurt and all this kind of stuff or whatever. And I was just like, oh, and I, I remember he told me, he called me crazy, but I said, you can divorce me, but you ain't divorcing my kids. If you hurt my kids, I promise you I will hurt me. He, I mean, hurt you. He looked at me, he said, come on, you crazy. See? <laughs> you know? But you and know what? Like, you were serious though. You was yeah, hurt. I was like, I'm serious because my kids had been through enough, you, you know, and with the, the, Pending losing of one father, the abandonment of the other one. I was like, you are not going to. And you told my daughters that you were going to be there and you're going to be there. Mm. And by God, he has. Right. You know, we got divorced five, six years ago or whatever. And he has not missed a beat. When I go deploying things like that, TDY, he takes my kids. Mm -hmm. When my daughter was in college, she have a cough, a sniffle. He's like, oh, I got to go check on my daughter. And I'm like... Uh, she got a cold. Like she can go to the to the corner store, and he was like, "Nope, I gotta go give her some tea. I gotta make sure she got the right stuff." And you know, he has not missed a beat. He has been dad. He kept his word, and subsequently, or uh, consequently, I should say, um, we have been able to have an actual friendship. See, we're not good. We weren't good spouses. Mm -hmm. All right, we weren't a good husband. You know, and I just and I had my faults too. Don't get me wrong, um, but. It didn't mean he was a bad parent. He's mm -hmm. an amazing parent. And I had to give him the opportunity to show that. You know what I mean? And there was some same things with his his son and everything like that. I'm not going to put all the business. But when he had the opportunity, boy, he rose to the occasion. And I'm like, this is not the man that I know. But he is an amazing dad. And you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because what um, I think individuals equate the way a person loves you or don't love you is going mm -hmm. to be the same as how they love their kids. You have to understand there's a difference there. There is yes. a huge difference. I'm with you, but my children are from me. So it's an extension of me. And so you said something that was extremely powerful. We don't let individuals love the way that they can love. And yeah. see, and so that goes back to the beginning Right. Not to, trying to teach or tell people how to love. Watch them love. Watch yes. them love because you, you may be surprised. You may be surprised. And then you say, oh, OK, cool, because, um, yo, you couldn't love me worth two dead flies. Right. Oh, <laughs> but when yeah. it comes down to this baby. Right. The, this <laughs> child that we want. And th this is the deal. We ultimately want the best from the child. Do we truly. Right. True. On both sides. Do we really want the best? for this child if so let's do it together 
Yeah. And I think there's a couple of questions that you have to, um, uh, Deanna. Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) But um, there's a couple of questions that you really need to ask, and it, it takes putting yourself aside. And that really is, is it dangerous? Yes. You know what I mean? Um, are they being neglect, neglected? Well, whatever that other parent is doing today, will it matter tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Is it going to have lifelong consequences? If the answer is no, let them eat the cake. See. You know what I mean? Like, you can't control everything that they do, and that's what, that's what we do. And, oh, that parent isn't good. They just allow them. And I'm like, look, nobody's telling you how to parent your kid. So why do you continue to try and why do you let that be the showstopper? When they come back to your house, feed them right. Let them, you know, put them on whatever regimen you have. But that other parent is not going to parent like you because of experiences, because of the way that they were parented, the way their belief system is set up. And it's okay if it's not dangerous. Just because it's different than yours doesn't mean it's going to damage the kid. You know what I mean? And we have to get away from that and allow people to parent the way that they know how to parent. Because it, when it's done in love, the kid is going to feel that. That's going to be the thing that matters. And you know, I'm you glad. Know I mean? Yes, I'm glad you said that because I had to learn that myself. I had to learn that when my son would come to my home, I felt as though I had to reteach him everything. Right. It, like the, the the ways of the land in my house versus right. how it is in this house. And in my mind, I equated everything that he didn't do right at my home to his mama. To his mama. And it wasn't right because at the same time, he's a, a, a upstanding young man, very respectful. And I take full credit for that. No, I'm joking. But I had to realize I had to realize that, you know, even though it's two different locations, like you said, if we're doing it from the right place and and from coming from love, that means he's growing and knowing how to uh, kind of adjust to whatever situation and not demonizing what he's, what he's learned already. And then when he comes to my house, no, don't do that. That's horrible. Don't do that. Don't nobody do that. Don't chill out. Right. And just like you said, with belief systems and uh, 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 different traditions, if we're learning or if we're willing to teach individuals, it's not off-putting, it's not demanding, it's not forceful, right? And it's not shameful. Like, hey, look, son, daughter, I love you so much. Try this. This is something different, but I, you just try. You might like it. And that can just open up their, their willingness to learn with love. What you think about that? And that creates well-rounded, flexible adaptable, resilient children Mm -hmm. because they don't always, they're not always looking at things from one perspective. Yes. They have to adjust to another parent or another way or another thought process. Mm -hmm. Those two conflicting uh, perspectives are opening up their eyes and help making them do some critical thinking to make choices Mm -hmm. about what they want to do, whether it's in life or in that situation or whatever. And you see parents, I mean, kids, you know, they act one way with one parent, but they know when they get with the other parent, they got to flip that switch and go back. So we're creating, I mean, when you're able to do that and allow, it just, it does so much more for the kids again, except when it's, you know, harmful and all those types of things. But typically it's not, we have these ideas. I remember, I'll never forget. My mother said something to me when I was going through, she said, oftentimes the idea of what could happen is worse than the reality of what actually does. happen. Yo, and that's and- the deal. 
And so that thing stuck with me and I'm like, oh, and that kind of helped me conquer my fears because fear will paralyze you. And then I look back and I said, okay, every time I had something happen and this goes to my kids too, like the idea of what I thought, you know, imagine in my head was so much worse than what actually did happen. And truth be told, like I said, she told me before, save your emotions for when they're important. Like, you are thinking the worst and you're getting all emotionally charged and everything. And then you go in there and nothing happens. And you're like, Oh, and now, and, and, look, and, and, and now you're deflated. You said, and, hello, <laughs> but, you know, it, other people don't really know that, but it's you. And so mm-hmm. I was like, those things coupled together have really helped me conquer my fears because I'm like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. All I could do is go in there and do what the best, do the best that I can, you know, and hope for the best. So I stopped looking for, all of the bad yes, and having that go and stop me from doing certain things. I just go in there and I hope for the best. And then I learned to be adaptable and flexible and I deal with the situation as it unfolds. So, you know what? So I don't have these preconceived ideas that hinder me from having those relationships or allowing my children to, um, you know, have that relationship or whatever. So I really, 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 um, you know, my mom, we growing up wasn't always, hunky-dory for us you know we had a lot of conflict but my mother taught me a lot of life lessons and I love her dearly I don't know who I would be without her you know good bad and ugly and even still with my mom being a custodial parent you know uh everything wasn't peach king at home it wasn't but it created who I am I learned so much and it built something in me Mm -hmm. and I want to say to my parents thank you for being an example Mm -hmm. it took a lot of years It took a lot of years and they didn't see eye to eye for a long time. I was grown. Mm -hmm. Um, But now my my father is remarried. His wife comes to all of our events, the births, the the baby showers, the weddings, the graduations. They're both present. My mom and my dad. Thanksgiving, my mom, my dad and his wife came down and my mom was there. We have conversations. We laugh. We shop. We do whatever we have to do. and it has created such just a total uh, easy family unit. Right. And, um, you know, everything they show up for. I said I was that kid. That I was like, I don't care. It's my daddy. I'm going to go live with my daddy. I'm going to go do, you know, whatever. And I didn't let my dad off the hook. And I'm glad I didn't because he's so ever present in our lives right now. And even my sister and her husband, she got remarried. She has two older sons. And he came with two, two younger daughters. Her ex-husband... They got married in Jamaica, came to Jamaica for the wedding Mm -hmm. and helped with the sons and get everything. And they have a relationship to where he can come and get all the kids. And And there you go. And does Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. So we kind of, me and my sister were talking and we adopted this thing kind of once in, never out. Because we have matured enough in our family unit that we know how to maintain relationships and friendships for the children without crossing boundaries. And that's if you understand and, what I'm saying. No, no, no. That's the key. That is the key. Yes, we don't cross boundaries. There's nothing going on with me and my ex or my daughter, my sister and her, her ex-husband or nothing. But it's for the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier because there's no animosity whatsoever. We laugh, we talk, and it's just this healthy family unit that I absolutely love. But it didn't happen 
overnight. Of course. It and was, it, it, and it's it, indecision. You're right. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what we want to let you guys know. Nothing is going to happen overnight. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about what love looks like. Okay. And if this, if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook so that you can leave a comment. And if you want to call, the number is 618-792-6747. Yeah, 6747. Okay, make sure you guys do. So there's a comment that I want to uh, touch on. Miss Lily Wilson says you guys are spot on. We have to separate how we feel about the other person from their ability to be a good parent and not assume our way of parenting is superior. There was something about the other person you once loved, so allow the child to learn and experience those parts of them. Yes, hey, look, you used to love it. You used to like. Hey, guess what? It was love when when you you see. Come on now, let's let's be one hundred with it. You see, let's, so the child hopefully was conceived in love. So don't forget about that, right? Don't don't forget about that. And and that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about what love looks like and how you can create a new chain, a new chain. And in what Camille was talking about was given an example of how her mother created that environment that she was able to uh, reproduce, if you will, and her sister as well uh, doing the same thing. So now they're co-parenting, but also building a friendship a friendship. Yes. And again, the number is 618-792. Hold on. You know why your mama don't have this number saved? I don't know. Why you don't have the number <laughs> saved? And listen, she called. And so listen, <laughs> this is number 618-792-6747. Okay. And that's that's the number. But go ahead, Camille. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, um, actually, I forgot what I was going to say because my mama just threw me off. But um, no, it is, you know, creating those, uh, just putting yourself aside. And um, like I said, we don't see enough examples of it. People don't talk about it enough. And I think that if people start talking about it, the successful uh, co-parenting relationships that we have and people, okay, here's the other thing, trust issues, right? So you have to trust um, that your partner is, is going to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so when we have those that those boundaries are not going to be crossed and all that kind of stuff. So we got to work on our own trust issues as well. Um, but I think that if we talk more about um, what does work, mm-hmm. more people will be willing to try it. Because when we what I found to in talking to some grown folks, some of my troops and things like that about the broken families and those you know animosities. And I know what I was going to say. But anyway, those animosities and things like that. A lot of times the children are stuck in the middle. Um, a lot of things happen. It creates fear, anxiety. Um, they don't know how to love in relationships. They often feel torn, like they have to choose one parent over the other. Yes. Uh, because a lot of people don't know how to not talk about the other parent. I was always good at that. I ain't going to say nothing. You know, you're going to find out for yourself one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you what needs to be said, but all the other stuff, you don't have to know about that. Right. Um, but, you know, they feel torn between the two parents. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they feel like it's their responsibility as the kid mm-hmm. to fix the broken relationship. Mm-hmm. And they carry the weight of that. And they think that they're the cause of the breakup or the demise of the relationship. And they carry that weight with them into uh, adulthood. Right. And it affects everything that you, they do. And I just had a young man that that was the case. He was like, well, when I was born, you know, that was the end of my, my parents' relationship. And it's been, you know, um, 
tumultuous ever since. And I, I, I feel like I have to do something to, to mend that. That's not your responsibility. And I'm sad you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that was between your parents. He's like, well, it happened when I was born. Baby, that wasn't your problem. See, you know, and you have to let that. But he's he's 20 years old and he's carried that. And he's made these decisions based on trying to fix the relationship between his parents. That is not his responsibility. And we put this un um what's the word unconscious pressure yep. on these kids mm-hmm. um and they're broken mm-hmm. and, it's, and, and it's unrealistic too it's unrealistic <laughs> expectations yes and mm-hmm. then there's grief that's involved absolutely and there's like you know this separation of and you know there's so many things so we have to if we're really putting our kids first we need to really put our kids first you know what i mean and we have about those things we have to think years down the line or months down the line and see how is this affecting you know is it so hard for me to just to say okay go with your dad you know what i mean or okay even if he lets you walk around with bummy clothes or whatever is it killing you see no it's not just because he has a one bedroom and you have to sleep on the couch is that really in the getting in the way of a healthy relationship with that other parent right no all them semantics and you expect them to have the same house and the same standard of living and all this kind of stuff, or that kid can't go over there or there's too many kids over there. That's 50 more people for them to play with. Get over yourself. You're absolutely right. Get over yourself. Absolutely. If it's really about your kid. That's right. So when people say stuff like that, I just be like, mm, I see a whole bunch of other stuff going on in the background, some insecurity, some, you know, feelings of, well, I guess, lower feelings of self-worth or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's still anger and frustration or whatever, because you're not using your words and communicating or the other person just isn't mature enough and don't want to talk to you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you and, know? And, and that may be, that may be true. And then also too, let's not forget about this. There may be a sense of abandonment. Absolutely. From the, the parent and the child, not the child and the parent, but you know, from the <laughs> child. So if you are, it's almost like when you break up with someone and then you see them out and about with somebody that's, you know, it, let's say they quote unquote leveled up. You're like, oh man, right now, now you feel a mess, right? Oh, so, but then now it's like with your, your children. Now you may feel that, Hey, when my son or my daughter is over there, they have more. Right. They have more. And then I'll have to be completely honest when my son goes uh, or when he stays with his mother, obviously, there's more kids and everything. I just have a daughter here. So it's just him. If he come here, him and his daughter. Right. But over there is him, his brothers and oh, well, him and his sister. But it's him, his brothers, sisters. There's a nice amount of them over there. Right. And then I'm like, well, damn, when he come over here. He's just playing with his sister and then, you know, that that's it. And but I felt a way because I felt like, man, I can't give him that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what I tried to do was compensate, overcompensate in other ways. And like, well, since I can't give you that, let me give you this with all these, you know, gifts or money and, and everything like that. And that's not right because it was coming from the wrong place initially. You see, because I felt inadequate. I felt as though I had to do something else to fill the hole. And essentially, it's not the hole for him. It's for me. 
Yes. That's the crazy part, ladies and gentlemen. And again, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about what love looks like and co-parenting. But how do you get to the point? How do you get to the point of co-parenting? Because it starts with you first. Don't and listen, please, please, please do not say only if they do this. No, ignorant. Have you done everything first? Because if you've done everything first for yourself, you won't feel a way if things don't happen. Now, you can just hope for the best. Like, hey, I tried this, 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 and this. Now I'm waiting on them. And if it don't happen, it's okay. You can rest easy. But when you don't, when you can't rest easy, that means there was something you didn't do and your pride didn't let you do it. Ow. Yeah, that's right. I said it because I've been there. What you think, Camille? It, yes. And, and the other thing is, um, don't give up so easy, you know, mm-hmm. just because it didn't work. Yeah. I tried that five years ago. I ain't going to try it again. You know, I ain't going back up there. Really? Come on now. See? You know, kids grow, they mature as well. They have different needs Yes, and, um, they need their parent. Like I said, my, my oldest daughter, um, I was sharing with Seth, but you know, her, her father decided that he didn't want to be there. And so, um, he and I didn't really have a, like over the year, I just don't talk to him. You know, she's always, she's had a cell phone forever. So he could call her and didn't have to go through me. I didn't stop anything. I helped him come visit, you know, when he was low on funds one time because it was about my daughter, but she, as a 23 year old, she's like, mom, there isn't a day that goes by that. I don't think about my dad. And she was like, I know he's not here, but there's not a single day that goes by that I don't think about my dad. And so, you know, they had a conversation that didn't end very well. And, um, you know, he decided that uh, I was good enough of a parent that she didn't need him. And so she had this whole meltdown, like, why doesn't he want me? Why doesn't he, you know, she was like, but he did get one thing right. You are an excellent parent. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, my ex-husband again stepped in and said, hey, you know, you don't have daddy issues. You may not have your daddy, but you don't have daddy issues. He was like, you know, you've always had a father figure. I've been here. Red was here. And so he took her in and he loved on her. And, you know, they had lunch together and everything like that. And he goes, you will always be my daughter. I don't tell anybody step anything. I tell them I have three children, a son and two daughters, you know. And so she was just like, and she was like, you know, he really, she calls him teacup. You know, teacup really made me feel. He, She said, when I thought about it, he was right. He was there for my first boyfriend. He was there for, you know, when I was in school and I had all of these issues for all of my games, all of my programs. You know, when I graduated, when I went off to college, he, you know, took me there. When I was sick, she showed up for everything. And she said, you know, while I wish that my, my father could have joined in as well, I'm very, very grateful for him being in my life. And she was like, and he's right. And that's my dad. I just tell people that's my dad, mm-hmm. you know? And so with all that being said, that whole, you know, pride aside and everything like that, sometimes it doesn't work and we go back after it again. And if it just doesn't work or if that person is unwilling, then, you know, they're just unwilling. Maybe one day, and I hope for my daughter, because that's her wish, that maybe he will see the error of his ways and he will understand that his daughter, no matter how old she is, see. even as adults, when you have a living parent, you need them. Yes. You got to put the pride aside for your children. Absolutely. Just because they're adults doesn't mean that they're immune from hurt or grief or pain or depression or anything as a result of our actions as parents. So, you know, my prayer is that she gets what she needs 
whatever that is. And that's you know, the key. And I'm not I'm going to let that happen in their time, but that she gets what she needs, but that also she's not lacking. That's right. And that that's she's the, not yes, lacking. yes, yes. And she has a father figure in her life, but I know he can't replace her biological father because, you know, that DNA, I always say that DNA calls out to DNA. Yeah. But in terms of need and love and everything like that, he's there and he is filled in, you know, where, where there was a void or could have been a void or whatever. So, um, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, sometimes it doesn't work, but just don't give up so easily, you know, on your key. You don't give up that easy on your kids. Why would you give up that easy on your kids? Right. And that's the deal. And that's the deal. And, and what I think and I think another thing to add would be think about yourself and how your situation was as you grew up. OK, like what what things could have been better no matter what it is, it, it, it could have been, it could have been, you know, the lack of relationship with your mother, lack of relationship with your father or any relative. So if you can, right. if you understand how that make you feel or made you feel, then you can think about your children in that same context. And there's individuals out there that's still dealing with those things yes. as a child. So now let's move, let's think about it, right? Fast forward, what type of environment or mental anxiety are we placing on our kids by fighting yes. or preventing that you know that community type of thing what are we doing to our kids mentally because we see it every day in adults some adults is crazy as hell just because they got those issues because of their parents pride or their parents lack of maturity so now that you have the time and this is the the, the sanity check right now that you have the time to not willfully be crazy think about what it is that you can do to enable a better relationship and then that can help you to grow you get what I'm saying? So you can see your kids grow and then you can grow inside as a different individual and see things on a different plane. What you think, Camille? And we talk about those generational curses mm -hmm. or generational choices. Give them another choice. Give them another option of how they will um, go forward in their lives as adults. And if the relationship doesn't work out, you know, you've already taught them that just because the relationship between the parents didn't work doesn't mean the relationship between the children or the parents can't work. That's you know right. what I mean? Um, because there's a friendship to be had. Like I said, my ex-husband and I are great friends. Mm -hmm. He's a great friend. And um, but there's no crossing of boundaries or anything like that. Um, we understand where we are. We were not good spouses, you know, we're not good, uh, for each other in a, in a romantic, intimate way. Um, but he is a protect protector and a provider for my kids. And he, you know, does all of those things, checks, make sure, because, you know, I am single and I'm here and he doesn't live far. Um, so there was a time where he would come in and do like certain things, house checks or something like that. Um, and people were like, oh man, y'all, no, 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 no. Have never crossed that bridge. Never. So you know what I mean? never. That, that's, that's great. Hold on. Not to cut you off for real, but put you, the phone you number up again. Oh, put it up again for your mama. Okay. All right, so listen, ladies and gentlemen, the number is 618-792-6747. I'm gonna leave it up here for a minute, right? Sounds about that. I just posted it in the uh, Okay. So but 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 this is the deal. Your new 
significant other need to understand, hey, that was the past. I'm straight. I don't want that anymore. If I did, I would still be there. You understand what I'm saying? So get out of that insecurity. So it takes the conversation while you're getting together. Like, hey, look, and, and I know we've talked about this before. But like, hey, listen, this is my ex-husband and this is my ex-wife. This is the type of relationship we have. And so we're going to make sure. Uh-oh. Hold on. I think that's her. Hello? How are you? Mom, how y'all doing? Doing good. Camille, can you hear? No. Oh, you can't hear. Okay, let me see. Get us on right. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna put you on speakerphone. Okay, there you go. Hi. So there's, there's one underlying factor that I think we haven't touched on. When Camille's father and I separated, my children were from two years and nine months to um, twelve years old. And I was very angry with him. I hated, never hated anybody in my whole life. I hated that man. But something inside of me, because of my religious background, or Christian background, told me I can't hate him. So, Seth, I prayed and I fasted for three years. And every day I said, I don't hate him, I love him. I don't hate him, I love him. Until one day... I couldn't even remember when the last time I felt that ugly feeling. And I believe that based on the fact that I was able to forgive him, forgive myself for my, my place in uh, the breakup, and uh, I think it began, we talk about generational curses, it began a healing place. So it made it easier when he wanted my children to take them and everything that it was easy for me to, to give them to him because I had no animosity against him anymore. When he got to say the next wife, I had no animosity against her, but she didn't want my children, five of them. And then when he got the third wife, I decided to take me uh, a trip to visit her. She and I sat down. I said, we have to have a, co- uh, a coming of the minds before you marry him so you know what you're going to get into. <laughs> and we have had some challenges. You heard on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, do things. We had our challenges, but we overcame. You know, as Camille said, for Thanksgiving, we had all kinds of mixes. Two of my daughter's exes were there, along with the, 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 uh, the current husband. The family has not, but it begins with forgiveness. If we don't forgive each other and our past spouses and past relationships when we our children with, then we are going to be in trouble because that animosity, anger, and bad relationships will pass down from generation to generation. I had no role model. My mom and dad, uh, my mother had one husband, and my dad died when uh, Camille was four months old. And that's the only relationship I really knew her to have. So I had no um, model, role model, tell me, how do you do this? And so it was just by the grace of God. So I just want to encourage everybody on the line. If you're still holding on to pain and anguish and resentment from a spouse, you can look for that same thing to show up in your children. And if you don't, we don't get rid of it. We cannot model for them. You know, one of my daughters even told me one time, she said, Mommy, I don't understand how you and Daddy can be in the same room and you act like he doesn't even, like he's just another visitor in the house. I said, because he is. I said, mm-hmm. I have always, I'm always cognizant of the fact that he's my children's father, but I have no romantic feelings for him anymore. So it makes it very easy for me to interact with him, be around him, laugh and joke, talk about past and everything else. And his wife had to come to that, and the third one, had to come to that understanding as well. And so, and I think now that, you know, she realized 
I don't, I don't, if I had wanted him, I had 20 years before you and him beginning back. But so sometimes we just have to help each other along. Like Camille had her conversation with uh, Tiffany, and I had to have mine with her. But forgive, release, let go, and we're going to see these generations of children healed and set free. And I'm getting off the line. Love you guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yes. That's good. That that's real good. That's real, real good. And and you know, she said a lot of lot of great, lot of great, great boy, she's just dropping those jewels, right? It takes forgiveness. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive yourself. And then, you know, you have to create and change. Well, change and then create a new narrative. Right. Absolutely. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. But then we also have to do the same thing with ourselves. I love us. Absolutely. I love me. I forgive me. I forgive yeah. me. You get what I mean? And no matter how long it takes, if it's worth it to you, time is not the problem. We are the problem. Yes. And that's, that's, that's the truth. You have to forgive. And I did, I was like, I felt so much and you know, that negative feeling, right? So we hold on to this and it just, it eats at us mentally and physically Mm -hmm. a lot of ailments because that hate, that animosity, that rage that you feel it affects you Mm -hmm. in so many capacities. And I have been through so much in my life and relationships that I could, I, I literally, I felt like if I continued to do that I would just break I would break and I had to forgive him I did the same thing we, me and my mom didn't talk about it but I did the same thing you know he's not a bad person he just wasn't the right person for me mm-hmm. and truth be told I knew that <laughs> you know what I mean I knew that from the beginning but I just I, you know he's a great person he's a great anybody who knows him he has a very addictive personality he's very um outgoing and fun and all these things, very intelligent. Um, but I knew that in terms of relationship, it probably wasn't going to work, but right. I did it anyway. And that was my choice. Mm-hmm. And these were the consequences of it. So he's not a bad person, but together he and I didn't, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I was, like I said, deeply hurt and frustrated. And I had all these feelings, but it was tearing me down so much. I had to release it. I was like, you know what? I forgive him. I forgive him for everything he did. I forgive myself for the choices that I made for the things that I did, you know, that, that, I guess, helped in the demise of the relationship. I forgive. I was like, I just don't want to be angry anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at him and feel the rage that I feel. I don't want to be that person where, you know, I'm showing up on snapped. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be that. And so I had to forgive myself, forgive him and understand that it was bigger than the two of us. Mm -hmm. And so I can say that I love him. He is a great friend and we've been, you know, in some sort of relationship capacity for a long, long time now, you know? And so I don't have to hate him or I can't say that I don't love him. It's a different kind of love. Yeah. It's a friendship love. You know what I mean? And it's, it's okay to have that even with someone that you've been in, in relationship with a lot of people because of their trust issues or their experiences, they're like, Oh, no, two people who've been together cannot be friends. Right. And I'm like, yo, Mm -hmm. I'm a living witness. That's right. I'm a living witness. Mm -hmm. And I need for you to trust that about, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so much so that like when I was deployed, you know, it was a last minute deployment. I only had a couple of weeks that I had to get up and go. And then it was riddled with a whole bunch of stuff. Of course, people were laughing because they were like, well, who did your daughter go with? I'm like, oh, my ex-husband. And then she would call and my ex-boyfriend, he was my ex-boyfriend at the time. 
Um, I'm like, oh, he was like, oh yeah, we had uh, me and T at the um, at her performance, and they're like, wait a minute. So your ex husband and your ex boyfriend are at your daughter's performance, and you're here in Qatar. And I was like, oh yeah, they already knew. I mm-hmm. told him, if you want this relationship, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You have to trust me that there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I absolutely mean it. Mm-hmm. We could be a great family. And my daughter was like, at first, she's like, oh, mom, when are they going to meet? So, you know, because I want them both. And so I was like, well, we'll just let it happen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so uh, they came together in my time of need so that I can do this mission. And they took care of her. And when one was working and couldn't do that, he would call the other one and say, hey, can you go run, run over there and pick her up from the school? Or she's having a bad day. Can you bring her by? And it happened Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful and nobody was upset. And my daughter felt loved and valued and appreciated. And there was no animosity whatsoever. And that's good. And that's, that's the key. So much better. And it Mm -hmm. it allowed me to go over there with a peace of mind Mm -hmm. and do the mission, knowing that they were taking care of my daughter Mm -hmm. and that those two, nothing was going to happen to her. Mm-hmm. And nothing. that's the key. That's the key. So, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in or if this is your first time tuning in, this is the Saturday Sanity Check, okay? And what we're talking about is what love looks like. And we encourage you to always be a part of the conversation. And we're going to be here again next Saturday, all right? 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. And Camille, while, before we wrap it on up, what's your uh, your final word? So my final words is when you have these relationships and, you know, you're feeling those things that I said, well, he, she ain't going to do this. Don't comb their hair. Don't know how to dress them. Ain't going to do this. The house ain't big enough. It ain't all this and all that. Sit down and really think about what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you're dealing with hurt. You're dealing with uh, frustration. You're dealing with anger. You're dealing with all these things that have nothing to do with all those things that you're talking about. Because if it's really about the kid and the kid getting the love and spending the time with the other parent, then um, you'll make it happen. You know what I mean? You'll make it happen. So sit down and really take stock of it. Is it dangerous? Is it going to matter tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Does it have any lifelong effects, you know, negative effects on the kid? If not, let them be. Let the other parent show them love in the way that they need to show them love. Let the child be able to receive love from the other parent and not feel abandoned or, you know, split between the two and everything. Forgive yourself. Forgive the other person. Mm -hmm. Put the pride aside. Put the pride aside. Um, Because I promise you, in my case, God knows I am blessed and I'm, I'm thankful for that other woman checking me in my mess and say, yo, you know, that made me say, okay, maybe you're onto something here and having the conversation with my child about how she felt and then understanding the why behind it, it made it so much easier. And then even three years after her father's death, we're still able to have those connections. She is a friend. I call her sister, my sister. And uh, the kids can go seamlessly from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I was invited to another wedding, the whole nine. It just makes for so much that village, mm-hmm. that village that we keep talking about for our kids. We can create it if we put the pride aside, the anger aside, if we learn to forgive and love, know that love doesn't have to always be romantic. Absolutely. You 
change the type of love you have Absolutely. for a person. Absolutely. Never cross boundaries. That's true. And we need to start rebuilding these relationships. Mm-hmm. We need to start rebuilding the trust factor. We need to come together. When it's really about the kids, it'll really about, be about the kids. If Absolutely. there's no danger, no harm, no abuse, nothing like that involved, stop trying to control somebody else's life and everything that they do. There you go. Let go. That's good. Let it go and put the children first. That's right. Put the children first. Okay. That extra candy bar or that letting them stay up past midnight on one day is not going to kill them. There you go. It's the time that they're spending, the experience that they have with the other, the uh, other parent that is going to make a difference. And truth be told, like my daughter, she lost her father when she was 11. Mm -hmm. You don't know how much time that child will get with that parent. Don't make the time that they have hard. Mm-hmm. unnecessarily hard. Let them have the best experiences that they can with their parents. I love my father. Mm-hmm. I love my father and I love my mother for allowing me to continue to have that relationship with my father and even still allowing my father to be at every single thing. there be no tension, no animosity, no nothing. And that we just have this huge, beautiful family unit we got our issues we crazy right but you know what i mean in terms right. of all of that stuff mm-hmm. nothing good word and that's good an example so that's good so yeah, that's what i have for you okay so now where can um where can individuals find you so www.aspiretogrowhigher.com um i'm also a john maxwell member so you can uh, find me at john maxwell.com slash camille thomas and it's k-a-m-i-l-l-e Last name is Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. Or they can find me on Facebook at Camille Stevenson Thomas. Um, And then also, when you go to my Aspire to Grow Higher website, um, I did an anthology um, called Empowering Our Girls. And it's some of those life lessons that I learned on purpose, on faith, on self-worth, on friendship, on relationships, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, life lessons that I've I've learned along the way um, and that I want to pass on to other people to help them to think differently, uh, to do things differently and uh, create healthier uh, mindsets, relationships, all that kind of stuff. So that's where you can find me. Okay. And in my last word, ladies and gentlemen, um, this has been a very good uh, topic and hopefully that you, you got something from this and understanding that change starts with you and not to necessarily point the fingers at individuals and say what they need to do in order for you to feel better. You need to think about the things that you need to feel better and to see what it will take. Go through the hard work, right? Uh, embrace the suck because it's not going to be a uh, comfortable situation but you have to get in it if you want it if that makes sense so I encourage you all understand what love looks like to you we talked about uh, the things that you can do to love yourself and to love others we talked about the five love languages the words of affirmation quality time and the physical touch acts of kindness and gift giving understand who you're dealing with what they need and what you need and learn how to connect each other and connect with that and treat individuals the way that they want to be treated not the way you want to be treated because you're two different individuals all right and if you are interested in what i do on the outside you can check me out at seth the speaker Dot com and you can also find the book the black collar mindset bell Ugh. black collar mindset 
All right, the art of strategic thinking, and you can find it like it's posted below. And just talk about self accountability. Took the things I learned from Detroit, east side of Detroit, and in the military for over twenty years, put it together, and um, made some great choices and some bad choices. But you can learn from them, and you know what? You might learn more from the bad choices because hey, I already did it for you first. The crazy part is, is if you read it and you still make those choices. That I that's your fault. Crazy. Nah, and I already told you what was gonna happen. But anyway, we love y'all. We love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in and chiming in. And if there's anything else that you guys want to want us to tackle and talk about, we can do that. But we will be here again next week, eight o'clock in the morning central standard time so know where you at and know how to find us okay and you can find us on facebook or instagram and available on every major podcast platform just look for the lion's den with seth you will see the sanity check up in there right on right on so yes we have to break these chains we have to break these chains and we will see y'all soon later